Hello and welcome along to another edition of the Feeds Podcast. Great to have you along. My name's Ben. I'm an active travel advocate from Nuneaton in Warwickshire. You can find me on Twitter at BicycleBenUK, over on Facebook, facebook.com slash BicycleBenUK, or over on Mastodon, mastodon.online slash BicycleBen. In this edition of the Feats podcast, which is a podcast focusing on active travel and everyday cycling and sustainable travel today, we're going to be looking at e-cycle deliveries from Amazon, which are going to be starting in London, the free use of cycle hire and public transport for the Commonwealth Games, unreliable late evening train services and local updates as well for the Nuneaton and Bedworth and Warwickshire area. Before we get into that, though, do make sure, first of all, that you've got this podcast subscribed in your podcast app. If you're not listening on an app at the moment, you can find the podcast by searching for Feats Cycle. That's F-I-E-T-S and the word cycle. Make sure you're subscribed so that you get an alert every time a new podcast is released. This is an ad hoc podcast. It's not on a regular schedule, so you will need to make sure you've got that subscription in place so that you know when the next edition of the Feats podcast is released. Starting off today then, we're going to look at uh, an announcement from Amazon, who have said, according to a Guardian report today, as I record this on the 4th of July 2022, that they will start offering last mile delivery services using e-cycles, e-cargo cycles, which is an excellent piece of news because we all know the, uh, the rise of Amazon, whether we like it or whether we don't like it, the rise of Amazon is inarguable. And we see now so many vans, Amazon branded vans doing deliveries for the mega retailer. And this is, of course, amongst all the other vans going around doing last mile deliveries for various other shops and services as well. So we have a huge problem with last mile deliveries and all these vans that are traveling our residential and urban streets. So to have this announcement from Amazon that they will start trialling the use of e-cargo cycles in London is a good step forward. Now, it is only in London at this moment in time, but it's something that I hope we'll see more broadly and eventually across the whole of the UK over time, not just from Amazon, but from other places as well, other companies, other courier companies, and maybe other companies that decide to offer their own delivery services, that we move away from the traditional transit van and we see more and more of these cargo cycles being used. It's not a a new idea, of course, certainly isn't a new idea. It's, it's pretty unusual in the UK outside of major areas to see cargo deliveries, cycles, those sorts of services. If you look in the Netherlands, of course, we can always go back to the Netherlands. That sort of service is available there. It's not difficult to find examples of services like uh, the post service using electric cargo cycles, of courier companies using electric cargo cycles. But here in the UK, it's relatively novel. There are services that exist in London um, already. There are services that exist in Oxford that I've seen, certainly. So it's not a brand new idea here to the UK. But to have a, a retailer the size of Amazon to get on board with this is a is a positive step forward and one that I hope is successful and will grow and eventually will cover the whole of the UK, as I say. But it's an important thing to consider from from an advocacy point of view and an infrastructure point of view, because we still have the issue of people wanting to feel safe when they're cycling. You're still having these machines that are limited to about 15 miles an hour because they're e-assisted cycles. 
So they do come into the uh, the regulations of e-cycles, of regular e-cycles that uh, anybody might ride. So they're still slower than motor traffic in a lot of cases outside of London. Now, inside of London, there is the argument that traffic flows really slowly. And I think the average speed is something like seven or eight miles an hour. So in London, okay, maybe the cargo cycle will move quicker. But if you broaden out this picture to the whole of the UK, you have cycles that are limited to 15 miles an hour. Realistically, they're not going to go any faster than that. So 15 miles an hour is going to be the maximum speed that you see for these things. And you put those on urban roads outside of the capital and you may well find yourself mixing with traffic and going slower than traffic in certain cases. So there's a still the perception of, is it going to be safe? Is it going to be comfortable? Is uh, somebody on one of these machines going to be able to navigate safely and comfortably and on a direct line to where they need to go? And with the absence of infrastructure, we can still say that this could be a problem. There are plenty of roads that I can think of locally that I would not cycle on or I'm reluctant to cycle on on a regular cycle, putting full effort in, going as fast as I possibly can to keep up with traffic. Put me on one of those machines, I probably would be even more reluctant. And I'm only speaking for me. Of course, I'm only speaking for me. But I would be even more reluctant, I think, than I would be on a regular cycle to go on some of these roads. So infrastructure is still important. And this is why when we see schemes going out for consultation, we haven't had many, but when they do come up for consultation, I will always push for wider schemes. We've had schemes suggesting, you know, maybe a two meter bi-directional space, maybe a three meter bi-directional space. If it's on a main road, which should be considered part of a primary cycle network, I would push for four meters because I want to be able to see this infrastructure accommodate commercial cycling, commercial uses. So these electric cargo cycles or the type of cycles that services like Pedal Me use in London, for example, that are maybe a bit wider or a bit longer than than a regular cycle. And therefore, if you've got narrow infrastructure, it could well cause a congestion problem or your turning angles might be too tight to safely navigate these machines around them. If you're putting a cycle scheme and you're bending it into a side road to then cross at a two-stage toucan crossing where you can have a central refuge that you've got tight turns within, can these machines, can these e-cargo cycles navigate that infrastructure? If they can navigate that infrastructure, can they navigate it with another one coming in the opposite direction? So it's fantastic to see this this rollout from Amazon, this new push to e-cycle deliveries. It is something they're doing in partnership with other services. It's not something they're rolling out independently themselves, but that's fine. But when we put infrastructure in place, this is why we need good quality infrastructure that has those good turning angles, that has the accommodation for larger than, and I say this in quotes, standard bicycles, because we need to have the, uh, we need to accommodate this in order to not only enable the modal shift for everyday cycling, where people are doing the school run or the commute bicycle, but we're enabling modal shift on a commercial basis as well. So we're removing motorized vans from the road network and we're shifting those over to cargo cycles for the last mile delivery. So great news from Amazon. Brilliant to see that happening. I know plenty of people don't like Amazon, but I think this news is good and should be encouraged and should be welcomed regardless of 
any attitudes to Amazon as a company more broadly because this sort of thing needs to work. So hopefully it will grow and hopefully we can have the infrastructure to enable this growth across the UK. In the West Midlands, Birmingham is hosting the Commonwealth Games for 2022, which is very exciting for the region. But what's specifically interesting in terms of this podcast and cycling and sustainable travel is what's going on with Cycle Hire. West Midlands has the West Midlands Cycle Hire scheme that runs throughout the region. And for the duration of the Commonwealth Games, the West Midlands Combined Authority have announced that there will be a degree of free availability for the West Midlands Cycle Hire Scheme across the West Midlands. So not just in the immediate vicinity of games venues, not just for ticket holders, but across the West Midlands where the West Midlands Cycle Hire Scheme is running, there will be a limited availability of free cycle hire available, which is fantastic news. Now, specifically, this is two 30-minute rides per day. And the obvious intention there is riding to a venue or riding back from a venue. So two trips in uh, in a particular day. But nonetheless, two 30-minute rides per day is available for the West Midlands Cycle Hire Scheme throughout the duration of the Commonwealth Games. So if you are in the region and fancy trying the West Midlands Cycle Hire Scheme, if you fancy trying cycling, in the region and you haven't done it so far you've been put off maybe you haven't got a bike maybe you're a bit reluctant to spend money on something that you're not too sure about well here's your opportunity go and take advantage of the two 30 minute rides per day that will be available for you if you're in the west midlands or if you're able to visit the west midlands area where the cycle hire scheme is is running then avail yourself of it also, that might be particular interest, broadening out the topic of this podcast to general sustainable travel, is that there will be free public transport available for ticket holders who are going to the games. So trains and buses will be free for ticket holders who are going to the events. So this isn't a broad all public transport is free for anybody within the you know the region of the games this is very specific to ticket holders if you've got a ticket and you're going to a games event then you can make use of free public transport so there really is no excuse to uh, you know not try sustainable transport there's no need to get your car and drive to the Commonwealth Games if you're going to one of the events if you are going to the events i hope you have a great uh, time i will be attending I am looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm particularly pleased that public transport is going to be free. I'd be traveling by public transport anyway. I'm 90% sure. But I think free public transport really just seals the deal for me in terms of getting to the games. Uh, particularly if you factor in traveling as a family where the cost of public transport in this country can really be off-putting versus driving. You know, you start adding up the ticket costs for two or three or four people versus taking the car, even if the car is maybe a little bit of hassle where you have to deal with parking and paying for parking. You know, that cost thing does does sway it. So having free public transport for the games really should sway it in the other direction, saying this is going to be easy and it's going to be affordable. So do make use of that if uh, if you're going to the games. 
I'm going to come back to talking about trains a little bit later on in the podcast. But before we move on any further, just to say, if you're enjoying what you're hearing or you're finding it useful in any way, shape or form, then do make sure you're sharing the podcast with anyone you think may be interested or just post it on social media and say to people, hey, have you checked out the Feats podcast? Send them over my way. Don't forget, you can subscribe in apps by searching for the podcast. Feats Cycle is a good search term to use. That's F-I-E-T-S cycle and it should appear in most popular podcast platforms so do make sure you're subscribed and anyone who you think might be interested is subscribed as well and if you want to contribute to the success of the podcast and want to send a few pounds my way either just as a one-off tip or as a monthly contribution you can do that as well just head over to the website feats.uk f-i-e-t-s.uk where you can find details of how to do that and any support is very gratefully received by me thank you Turning my attention to matters a little bit more local now, talking about Warwickshire, I mentioned last podcast, maybe the podcast before, about Warwickshire's local cycling and walking infrastructure plan. This is something that's open to consultation between now and the 14th of August, and is essentially setting out the council's plans and objectives over roughly the next 10 years. This is the first time that Warwickshire County Council has had such a plan. So this is really exciting. It's going to set out an objective and quite a a detailed objective as well. And while not everything is necessarily funded, it does have a lot of aspiration, which is really good to see. This is a draft document at the moment. As I say, it's out to consultation to the 14th of August. There are some things I think need to be changed within this document and I do strongly recommend that everybody in the Warwickshire area goes and has a look at what has been proposed. It is a long document, I'm going to warn you that now, it's three parts. So you have an introduction, a part two dependent on your borough or district of interest and part three which is uh, an implementation document. It explains how things are, are going to be implemented over the next decade. So lots of reading. So bear that in mind, but I still would strongly urge everyone who's got an interest in walking and cycling, either you're walking, wheeling and cycling for local transport now, but you'd like it to be easier and better. Maybe the the routes aren't quite right. Maybe there's obstructions. Maybe it's hazardous and you're doing it regardless and it just doesn't feel right. Maybe you're doing the school run, but it's completely chock-a-block with cars and it feels hazardous and off-putting, whatever it might be. All of these things might be valid reasons for you to contribute to the consultation for the LCWIP or LCWIP or the Local Cycling and Walking Infrastructure Plan. If you're not walking, wheeling and cycling for local transport at the moment, what's stopping you? This is your opportunity to feed into this document to say, this is why I don't do it at the moment. And it might be that you don't want to, but also it might be that there is a physical reason that says, no, I can't cycle for this particular local journey because, and again, we can come back to the roads aren't safe. There are too many obstructions on the route that you need to go. Pavements are too narrow to walk comfortably. Maybe, maybe you're a parent with a pram and you can't get through because of parked cars on the pavement, whatever it might be, you know, all these sort of things, they're valid things to look at. So if you want to walk, wheel or cycle more than you do at the moment, or, you know, you're perfectly happy with the amount of uh, walking, wheeling and cycling that you do, but you'd like it to be easier or you'd like to see more people doing it, that's the camp I fall into, then 
have a look at this consultation, have a look at this draft LCWIP because it's a really important document that's going to set the tone for walking, wheeling and cycling in Warwickshire over the next decade. And I'm trying to be very careful with the words I'm choosing here, making sure that I include wheeling with the term walking, and I don't get it every time. Sustrans, the walking and cycling charity, has recently published a, a press release, I guess, a document, guidance and advice about why they're including the term wheeling alongside walking. And this is an inclusivity factor. Not everybody will identify with the term walking. If you're in a wheelchair or if you're uh, in a mobility scooter, for example, the term walking may not resonate with you. So including the term wheeling is really important. And it's important because especially in a planning document and something that's going to set the tone for your infrastructure over the next decade. If you're not including wheeling, you're not necessarily putting front and centre the needs of people who may use wheelchairs or mobility scooters or other means to get about that aren't specifically that very narrow definition of walking. So including wheeling is important. And this is one of the things that I think is missing from the local cycling and walking infrastructure plan. So one of the things I'm going to be feeding back to Warwickshire on is that whenever they're talking about walking, they really should be including wheeling as well, because even if they do mean walking to include and encompass wheeling, well, first of all, it can be exclusionary to people who are reading the document to just see walking and to not see their own needs explicitly considered by including the term wheeling, but also by specifically isolating the term wheeling and publishing that in the document repeatedly whenever the term walking is mentioned, then you are bringing that element of society front and centre. You are identifying the fact that not everybody can walk for local transport to get to where they need to go. So the routes need to be accessible to everyone, whether they're using wheelchairs or mobility scooters or whether they are walking. So it's very important, I think, to branch out that that terminology and this is one small aspect that I'll be feeding back to Warwickshire. There are other aspects as well in terms of highlighting good quality infrastructure. There's a number of photographs in the plan that I don't think work because they don't highlight good quality infrastructure. I think there's a number of things wrong with regard to how the current situation for walking, wheeling and cycling in the county or at least in the Nuneaton and Bedworth borough has been portrayed. I don't think it's as good as it necessarily is portrayed. For example, here they say that we have 18 kilometres of dedicated cycling infrastructure. But we don't. That 18 kilometres factors in canal towpath routes and a shared use off-road walking and cycling route called Weddington Walk. So I don't consider that to be dedicated cycling infrastructure. Therefore, I think it's misclassified. And therefore, I think the situation here in Nuneaton and Bedworth is misrepresented. So there are a number of issues that I think need to be drawn out and fed back to the County Council. I strongly urge everybody to have a look at this document, identify issues on their own and to submit their own response to the consultation. However, it is a long document. It does take time to uh, to read through and digest. So from a Nuneaton and Bedworth perspective, I have written up an article which has been published on the feats.uk website on the blog. Uh, that details all the things that I think are wrong or at least need some attention to make the LCWIP 
better than it is. But this isn't a criticism of the fact that we've got an LC whip at all, a local cycling and walking infrastructure plan. You know what uh, the public sector is like with their acronyms. They do love an acronym. So it's the Local Cycling and Walking Infrastructure Plan. I'm very positive about the existence of this document because it will set forward the goals that Warwickshire are saying they want to achieve. It does need buy-in from all of the different sections within the Warwickshire County Council. It really needs buy-in from the boroughs and the districts as well, because where we've got routes that go through um, parks, for example, which aren't always under the remit of Warwickshire County Council, we need the boroughs and the districts to be on board to ensure that routes are accessible, that they're not obstructed with bollards and chicane barriers or whatever else it might be that can stop some people using the routes or it can at least hinder people using the routes. So it does need broad buy-in. But as a concept, as a plan, I'm really positive about this document. So if you go and have a look at the website, feats.uk, F-I-E-T-S.uk, on there you will find my analysis of the LCWIP from a perspective of Nuneaton and Bedworth Borough. That's not to say that the things that I put down that uh, I'm highlighting as problematic for Nuneaton and Bedworth don't apply elsewhere. They may well apply elsewhere. I don't know elsewhere. So my focus is on what's going on here. But those comments may well be able to be tweaked and applied to other districts and boroughs throughout the county. The issues might be similar. So do have a look if you're in Warwickshire and you've got an interest in walking, wheeling and cycling. Do have a look at what I've written down. If you don't have a look at that, at least go and have a look at what Warwickshire have got in their plan. See what you think. Is there anything missing? What's good? What's bad? And feed into the consultation that closes on the 14th of August. It's really important that we get as many people who are cycling in Warwickshire to contribute to this as possible to get a real world picture and also get people who are not cycling and walking and wheeling at the moment, get them involved as well so that we have an everyday perspective fed into this document, this plan, and not just the perspective of the people who are cycling despite all the hindrances that we put up with, despite the fact that we have to cycle on busy roads sometimes, despite the fact that we have to navigate a lot of obstructions, despite the fact that we're squeezing through on a really narrow canal towpath sometimes all of these problems whatever it might be we're cycling despite these issues but we also need to capture the feelings and viewpoints of people who are not doing it at the moment but who want to so really important get the word out the warwickshire county council local cycling and walking infrastructure plan the lcwip in consultation between now and the 14th of august and if you head over to the website feats.uk f-i-e-t-s.uk slash podcast go to this editions page and you'll find links in there through to both the article on the website and also warwickshire county council's pages for the consultation as well also looking locally, even more locally now, and very specifically on Nuneaton and Bedworth, we've had warnings from the police that there is a spate of cycle and scooter thefts occurring in the borough. These are specifically occurring in um, in parks, in children's playgrounds, where kids are cycling to the, the play area, they're dumping their bikes, but not securing the bikes. And because people are distracted by what they're doing, they're not necessarily keeping a very close eye on those bikes and therefore they are getting stolen. So there is a warning from the police. Do please be vigilant when you're uh, when you're out and about with your bikes, with your scooters. Do take a lock with you. 
I know it's not always the thing you think about when you're just hopping on a bike and going off to the playground, but take a lock of some sort. Anything is better than nothing. The better the lock, the better, but anything is better than nothing. Secure your bikes to railings. If you've got nothing to secure your bikes to, then if you're going as a group, secure your bikes together so that at least it makes things more difficult for someone to just pick it up and walk off and before you know it, it's gone in seconds. Secure your bike to something, even if it's just to other bikes. So warning from the police there, do please be vigilant when you're out and about with your with your bike and secure it wherever possible. Moving on, let's jump back now to talking about trains because I fancied using the train this month in July. Well, actually not yet. It's going to be in a couple of weeks time. I fancy a night out in Coventry, but I don't fancy staying in Coventry. It's not that far from here. It's only about 10 miles. It's it's not far at all. I mean, I've cycled into Coventry enough times. I want a night out. Cycling isn't practical or appropriate in this case. So I thought, hey, let's take the train. It won't take long. We've got a direct service between Nuneaton and Coventry. Should be easy. Should be. I had a look at the times for the trains and the final return service from Coventry to Nuneaton is 17 minutes past nine in the evening. 17 minutes past nine. There is one more service that goes a little bit later at 20 minutes to 10 o'clock in the evening, but that's not direct and it takes an hour and 10 minutes. That's versus 21 minutes for the direct service. So I discounted that one completely anyway. So the last direct service, 17 minutes past nine, leaving Coventry. If you want a night out in Coventry, is 17 minutes past nine going to be appropriate? In my case, I want to go to the theatre. 17 minutes past nine is certainly not going to be appropriate for a night out in the city. Thing is, Nuneaton isn't far away. As I say, cycling along the canal, it's maybe 11 miles from Nuneaton town centre to the canal basin. So it's not far at all. Why does the rail service ignore the needs of people who want to travel for leisure? Because as a result of the train not returning at a reasonable hour, we are now going to drive into Coventry. So sustainable travel? No. It should be possible because it's not far. We have a direct service anyway, a direct rail service anyway. It's just a case of the the train company, in this case West Midlands Trains, are not running trains after 17 minutes past nine in the evening on a Saturday. So it's not like the infrastructure for sustainable travel between Nuneaton and Coventry is not there and I'm demanding something that would require the laying of track. It absolutely is there. It's just the case that the, the train company is not running the services. Why is West Midlands Trains ignoring the needs of people who want to travel between Nuneaton and Coventry for a night out in Coventry? Why is that being ignored completely? I want to make the right decisions with regard to transport. I want to be able to say I can cycle from here to here, or I can walk from here to here, or if I'm going a little bit further afield, i.e. Coventry, I can take the train from here to here. I want to be able to do that. And that's why I looked. That's why I went to the the website, thetrainline.com, popped in the details, looked it all up. Oh, 21.17 on a Saturday night. This isn't the first time I've come across this. I used to live in Chelmsford in Essex and the idea of having a night out in London was often scuppered 
by the fact that you couldn't necessarily get a train back or it would be a rush the the situation was better than this don't get me wrong it was you know you get later trains than this and also chelmsford was, was further away than we're talking here we're talking a 35 minute 40 minute train journey from chelmsford into london but it was always in the back of your mind if you've gone to the theater or you've gone to a gig or whatever are you going to be able to get the last train back and it's always a case of if you just have one more train half an hour or an hour later just to catch the last few people it'll be fine but that wasn't the case and it was always a worry and i did we did in fact miss the last train once in that particular case we had to get the train from liverpool street station to shenfield and then we had to get a taxi from shenfield all the way to chelmsford and that's not cheap so this isn't the first time i've come across this but that particular case that old case was maybe 15 years ago and in the 15 years since the world has gone so much more focused on we need to do something about the climate emergency. We need to do something to reach net zero. We know that transport is a big contributor to the climate emergency. So why is it now in 2022, all these years later and here in a different part of the country, I want to travel a shorter distance from Nuneaton to Coventry that I am still running up against this problem that the train companies are not accommodating people who might want to go to the city, to the nearest town, you know, the nearest main place for entertainment and leisure. The train companies are not accommodating that demand. I did tweet out my frustrations. I did include West Midlands trains in the tweet. They did not respond to that particular tweet, so we have no idea as to uh, their reasoning behind it. I'm sure they would say something along the lines of staffing. I don't know. Rolling stock availability, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of the train network. All I know is, as an end user, as somebody who wants to travel and wants to make the right choices when traveling, the services that I should be able to rely on to support and enable that choice are not doing their part. So this is a big deviation from the theme of this podcast, which is generally speaking cycling. But this is an important expansion of the theme of sustainable travel. Because if we want to move away from the car as the dominant mode of transport in this country, we need to look at multimodal transport. I would cycle to the station here in Nuneaton. I would get the train from Nuneaton to Coventry. I would walk from Coventry to my final destination. Multimodal transport is absolutely fundamental to reducing the impact that transport has on the climate emergency. But West Midlands trains, at least, are not playing their part. They're not doing what they need to do to make it possible for me to say, I can do this instead of driving. So we'll be driving and it's a disappointment. I always am disappointed when it means I have to get in a car. I know I come across as very anti-car sometimes and probably in this uh, particular very ranty section, I'm sure I'm coming across like that. I do get that the car sometimes is the best tool for the job, but in this case, it's not the best tool for the job. It's just two people traveling 10 miles or so to the nearest city for a night out. That's not the best tool for the job. But now one, now we have to drive. And because we have to drive, well, that's going to impact on our night out. One of us won't be able to have a drink. 
for obvious reasons, whereas, you know, without going crazy, there wouldn't be a problem on the train. I would love to conclude this section by putting across West Midlands train's point of view here. Unfortunately, without them responding, I, I can't. So I can only leave this hanging, really, this, this thought and this idea that we need the rail companies to play their part in enabling multimodal, and I hate trying to say that, I always get tongue-tied around it, multimodal transport enable people to say, yes, this is a viable alternative to driving. And while they're not doing that, people are not going to go and look at trains, at buses, whatever it might be. Until it's properly enabled, until we know we can rely on these services, people are just going to take the car, because why wouldn't they? The car is easy. You get in the car, you drive there, you park, and you're done. But we know the car has the downsides, the traffic issue, you've got the parking issue, you've got the cost of fuel issue and all the other costs associated with driving, safety, and then, of course, emissions. And I know that we're talking 10 miles is not going to be a huge contributor in its own right, but I still want to do the right thing. I still want to know that I am making choices that are sustainable for my own clear conscience, if nothing else. But I'm not being enabled to do that, in this case, by the trains. And with that, it just leaves me time to say thank you very much for listening to the latest edition of the Feats podcast, number six of this irregularly released podcast. Once again, don't forget to make sure you are subscribed to the podcast in your favorite app so that you get an alert every time one of these irregular podcasts are released. Search Feats Cycle in your app to find the podcast feed. That's F-I-E-T-S Cycle. And do spread the word, share it with people you know, put it on your social media feeds and spread the word to anyone who might be interested in my my witterings whether they be ranty ones like today or not whatever takes my fancy if you feel like you can contribute financially to this podcast and i know times are tough so this isn't essential but if you feel like you can contribute if you've enjoyed what you've listened to today if you found any of it useful or interesting then any support is very gratefully received it all goes towards keeping the podcast running and keeping the website going and uh, general cycle advocacy as well so go over to the website feats.uk f-i-e-t-s.uk where you can find details about how to make a one-off or monthly contributions and on that note i do hope you'll join me again on the feats podcast bye-bye <laughs>